podcast, That's So Hindu. I'm Sheetal Shah, and I'm joined by Jolly Yogi Bose today. For 14 years, Jolly was a biochemist for diabetes, inflammation, and obesity. She's currently a substitute teacher in East Palo Alto, which is an underserved community in California. Jolly grew up in Bangladesh, where it was difficult for her to practice Hinduism and yoga. After she lost her father, she deepened her yoga practice. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jolly. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. Well, so you had an incredibly harrowing experience back in October, October 17th, in the Sierra National Forest, where you were lost during a hike for over 48 hours. And it was through your own mental and physical fortitude that you were able to survive frigid temperatures and found a way to be rescued. So someone like me, I can't even begin to imagine what you went through. Could you share just a little bit about what happened and and share the experience with those who are listening to us? Yes. And um, so for me, I think that if I can do it, anyone can do it. And we human, we had evolved and our four parents forefathers, you know, long, long thousands, year, thousands of years ago, they lived in wilderness, right? And they survived. <laughs> so you're no different, right? So we have that instinct, but over civilization, we have forgotten that skills. So it's innate with us. And for me, um, so when I, I got lost, I had, because I have been practicing yoga and meditation, I found I, f- I was envisioning that if you look at the Himalayas, that monks, they're up in mountain, they have hardly anything on it. They only just covered their private part. They don't have even shoes or any cloth on. And they're sitting and they're actually in absolute bliss. And I felt I had more than enough with me. I had one base layer and then one fleece layer one down jacket and one uh, shell, which is the, um, you know, protective from wind and snow and rain. So I, in my mind, I was envisioning that since I, I have more than enough, I'll be okay. So, and I had a shelter, uh, which I found in the, you know, uh, there's a bathroom. So I, but still my closer weight and the temperature is 10 degree, which 10 to 15. And with the wind chill, I feel like it's below free, um, below uh, zero almost. So it's uh, below freezing, freezing is 32. Uh, so just envisioning about the monk, it gave me power. And I am um, also, I do practice meditation. I was not labeling those sensation, you know, labeling, oh, I'm cold, I'm alone, you know, uh, nobody's around me. Those things are not playing in my mind. I was staying at the present moment that right now I'm in wilderness, temperature is this, I have to keep myself warm so that I don't become hypothermic. And, and then I was, my experience was that just uh, sensation. So, I was uh, kind of uh, folded like um, we call we call lock pose or like you know not lotus pose. It's like a one leg on top of other, and um, kept my arm under my armpit, and then because my legs are all wet, and then it was cold. The wind was touching my chest, and I can feel the cold drop like as if that is kind of clasping my uh, my rib cage is kind of clasping. So I kind of hold it to keep my arm with my body temperature and I bow down. And so my breath 
you know, breath is warmer. So that breath was keeping my leg warm. And then because my leg and my chest is close to each other, so it's keeping the warmth. That's why I kept myself warm. In, uh, I did not sleep for not only that, that I didn't even sleep for 50 hours <laughs> uh, because I couldn't sleep. So I was dozing up and that's why I kept myself warm. So how, how long did you stay in that position for? So I stayed overnight like this. Um, so I would say uh, about 10 to 12 hours. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes. But every now and then I would just, uh, because bottom was getting cold too. <laughs> so, so I had the hat. So I took the hat down and I sat on the hat. So, but even hat was because it's cold. Like, you know, my pen didn't have any, I didn't have the base layer on my leg. So sitting down, so it's only my keeping my body warm, but my legs are cold, my feet are all wet, and my shoes are all wet. Only just chest was warm, and then my arm I kept warm with the, this um, under my armpit. And somebody just told me that uh, human body uh, can keep the temperature um, like there's a rule three, three, three. So three hours you can keep your body heat. And three days you can live without water, and three weeks you can live without food. So for me, um, um, uh, I did. It's called Nirahari uh, meditation. I mean, no food, no water. I did for one week. Wait, at a, at a prior. No, no, not sorry. Only water, only, but no solid food and no, um, uh, no calorie. Only water, only. I did water only fast for one week. So I. So this was something you had had experience with. Yes, I had experience with it. So, so I fall. They call nirahari meditation. I know ahar mean food. So no food. So I had done it. So I already knew that even though I didn't have any water or food, it was not frightening to me because I had done that meditation before so i can live without uh, food um for at least a week that i have done it i didn't extend longer and if i had extended longer maybe i could have done for three weeks but so that was also another faith i had and the um, shelter was the bliss that you know that i had that shelter which gave me hope that i'm okay even if i'm not found and uh, the the Key thing which worked for me, I have to help those rescue people to find me. So I kind of, I know it is fresh snow. And so I kind of made the trail mark. I walked and I had the a small post-it in my fanny pack and I left the note. So uh, my um, friend already called search and rescue and I could hear the plane and drone helicopter. They are flying over me, but they're so far, they cannot see me because I was in deep in wilderness. And so then I had to find a place uh, that way I can be found. So I had to walk it. And then I was not walking too much because I didn't want to lose the energy. You know, I don't want to burn up the calories because I don't know how long it will take for them to find me. So I was trying to conserve my energy. So, um, uh, um, uh, so that, uh, you know, if I, if it takes seven days or two weeks, so I will be okay. So I found the open space and uh, on Monday, so Sunday I got lost. So Monday, uh, 
And even Monday, I it was so cold, I couldn't even stand. Like my leg and uh, was shaking. When it was shaking, and I kind of said, calm, like you know, come, like I took the deep inhalation and slow exhalation. So I, when I do the deep inhalation, like I breathe into from my toe to head, and when I exhale, I relax head to toes. So that was grounding me, so that I don't shake. So I did that grounding um, breath so that I can withstand the cold and I can stand so that the rescue team can find me. So I practice that also. So when you focus on the breath and it, um, you can practice with me actually. Why don't you do that? Sure. So take a moment. So uh, I invite you in this space <clears throat> with me. So inhale, deep inhalation and exhale slowly. As you exhale, Feel yourself, you're grounding to the tailbone. Inhale again. And exhale slowly. One more time. And exhale. So how did it feel? Yeah, it has such an amazing immediate impact. Impact. Your mind is so peace. You are not, you know, so that was the thing. Like, as soon as you do that, you feel in eternal bliss. Yeah. Like there's no, your body, everything, you feel content and composed. Yes. So that's the practice I was doing um, uh, when I was out on Monday and they still didn't find me. And then I had to, again, hide in the shelter. I practiced again, same thing, keeping myself warm. And um, also, um, let me, let me ask you, did you use any particular type of pranayama to uh, heat the body internally? Cause there's so many different kinds and some have cooling effects, some have warming effects. Uh, so my main thing was because the uh, coldness was shaking me. So I was more, more doing the deep breath. And then, um, uh, if you have heard of the guru Nityananda, so yeah. Nityananda, Nitya means um, you know, all, uh, always Ananda means bliss. So I was thinking Nityananda, so eternal bliss and Param Shiva home. So Param is the great and the Lord Shiva was with me. And then there's no fear. So I, in my mind, so I was in eternal bliss with Lord Param Shiva. So if you feel that in space and that somebody is taking care of and you are in with him, and that gave me, you know, I, you know, I honestly speaking that I was in eternal bliss. I was enjoying the wilderness, the quietness, the snow falling. I was more say I, my phone died. I couldn't take picture, but the experience was like, I, I did not have any fear. I was really in bliss and it was a full moon night. And uh, at night uh, on Monday night, I can, you know, I didn't know that there are a lot of shooting stars. Do you know that there are a lot more? We think that only one, and we hardly can see in the city. Yeah. There are a lot of shooting stars. And then I asked my astrophysicist friend, said, yeah, there are a lot of shooting stars. So you cannot see it. I said, I thought, oh my God, you know, the star was glowing. And the snow, because of the snow, since you live in East Coast, it's like, like if we have the snow around, it's like, it's more bright, right? Yes. Yeah. Light reflects. So yeah. no darkness. So I felt only thing I was more worried that my family and the search and rescue were on, uh, you know, nonstop was flying over me. Yeah. I can see them, 
but they cannot see me. So, and they, you know, they're thinking worse that, you know, maybe I'm dead, you know, I can't afford And my family also thinks, so I was thinking more for my family and for the certain rescue. And, but I was really in eternal bliss. So I was thinking that Nityananda Param Shiva home. So it's like, you know, I'm always in eternal bliss and the Lord Shiva is with me. That's amazing. That's such a testament to true faith. Yes. So that, and then of course, our forefathers, you know, I was thinking that imagining that I have more than enough than them. Yes. So feeling that grateful and then having that faith that, you know, and have the ability that, you know, I can. And so I had strong faith on the universe and um, and I was grateful for also that I know that I live in America and search and rescue, you know, every life matters and they'll try to use their resources to find me. So that was another, uh, and then um, that uh, in a certain risk who were flying over me already gave me the hope that they are searching me, right? So, so how so, did they eventually? How, how did how did they eventually find you? So, so Monday they like they're flying, and then you know I was having all four layers, and then when I see that they don't find me anymore, so then I took my um, my uh, red jacket out, and then I have a hiking pole, so I kind of put at the end of the hiking pole, uh, like a flag. And then I wave like this, like, you know, big, like a circular motions, instead of being just red and walking like an ant, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so if something is flying red, you know, it will catch eyes. Yeah. So I kept on, you know, my hand was getting tired, but, you know, nonstop. I was about to ask you, did you have the, how did you have the energy to actually do that? I have no idea, you know, like, <laughs> so i you know, like uh, I felt that some kind of spirit took over, you know, like, you know, uh, again, you have to know that in India, there is like, oh, you know, Lord Shiva, you know, this person can say things and heal things, you know, like, you know, in India, they have like that. So somebody, you know, um, took over kind of thing. Like I did not, you know, I had the strength. Even on Tuesday, I was doing squat. I did the sun salutation. I skipped on because you have to keep moving to keep your body warm also because it's cold, right? So I kept myself warm, but my hand, my shoulder, I already did this, my left shoulder, I injured when I was doing a snow climbing, ice climbing in one of the mountain and my ice axe got stuck on the rock and I, my body went down, but my, you know, so my hand, so I kind of yanked my shoulder. So my, this left shoulder was, but then, and then my knee was bothering, but actually I healed myself that moment there. Well, that's amazing. Amazing. Uh, my knee was, uh, you know, uh, was bothering me before. I I did the complete squat, you know, like in how India, you know, like complete squat, my mm-hmm. bottom touching my heel. And I said, okay, this is the time, the space I'm going to use to heal myself. And I healed actually. My knee had no issues. I could, you know, and my shoulder was not having issues. And I was doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing that, you know, the mind, you know, mind... In our body responds to our mind and thought. So, you know, like like always our parents say, do not play hooky, you know. If you call in hooky that, you know, sick, you, can, you really will get sick. So you do not say lie about, you know, not feeling well because then you can feel, feel you may not feel well. So our body responds to our thought and our mind because mentally I feel so peace and strong. My body also feels peace and strong. And, we, and I heal myself. We can all, you know, heal our body. Like how you want to feel, 
uh, in your body. And that's how you'll feel. Yeah, so, absolutely. So go, just going back to being rescued, how long were you waving your pole oh, jacket? So I, I was, yeah, so I was out before the sunrise. So Monday, all days, like we, I was playing hide and seek because it was so windy, overcast and cold. So I was going inside the shelter, coming out, inside the shelter, coming out. And, uh, but then when I realized that, you know, maybe they are, I'm missing them. So, and so Tuesday, I was determined that I'm not going, you know, I'm going to stay till uh, sunset. I'm not going to step out of that place. So whole time I was like, and not only that waving, I was screaming also because I thought that if there's a people coming on, uh, 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 you know, like if the car coming or on by, on feet, then I can, at least they can hear this with the sound is coming. So I was screaming also, help, help. <laughs> so <laughs> how long did you do this for? So from um, so I was rescued at two thirty. Um, two thirty, they spotted me. Three o'clock, they rescued me. So I would say from five to three. So it's like uh, ten hours. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. It will be ten hours. Yes. Wow. I, I can't even. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, so I didn't think I was doing anything heroic or anything bold. I just did what I'm supposed to do and I was doing it. But um, yeah, but I was in peaceful though. I was happy the whole time. <laughs> but I was worried for, you know, the reason I was determined on Tuesday that I needed to be found because um, actually, I'm going through um, child custody battle. So I, I had a court hearing on Thursday. Okay. So, so I was determined that I need to be found so that I can appear for the court. If there's no court date, then I wouldn't have that much of urgency. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a court date that I need to be found, come home, get ready, talk to my lawyers. I needed a buffer time. So Tuesday, I was determined that I need to be found. That's so. amazing. <laughs> well, I hope that went okay for you. Um, yeah, that didn't go okay, but it's okay. You know, it's like uh, what I think. Um, I still, I believe in higher, you know, higher source. And God does not give you the burden if you cannot carry. So he prepares you that he'll give you enough load that you can carry on your shoulder. So so whatever is happening, you know, like um, life every day, it gets better because you become wiser. So if you look back, you're like, you know, like even though they say that, uh, uh, I want to say good old days, but I don't, for me, I think, um, you know, past is past and, present, you know, like uh, present is the main and the, my future will be more beautiful. So that's how I see. So it's always the, our day and life is getting better every moment, you know, every day. So I do not look back the past. And then even the outcome in my court did not go well, but still I believe in the higher source. Yeah, he has the purpose. You know, there's something purpose. And, you know, if you look back, you know, a lot of things happen to uh, happen in our life. And then you look back and say, yeah, actually that happened for really better. Right. Right. right? Reflect back. You pause and reflect. But at that moment, because we cannot see what's laying 
in front of us so that in the future right. so right now i go with the flow so that you know the children's song that uh, row 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 your boat <laughs> down the stream and it's just, you know it's, think of what is and it, as a child we are rowing and but as an adult we forget that not to go with the flow even though that song is with us yeah right Yes. But how many people we flow, we are always looking back and we do not go with the flow. And we have that resistance. And that is the time if you think that the, when the resistance happens, that's how you create unhappiness for yourself. But if you have no resistance, if you follow, like, you know, I did the Goenkaji's Vipassana meditation, which is no aversion, no craving. Mm. So, you know, so create... So, um, you know, the, even that Aristotle, uh, who was the famous philosopher, he said that it's easy to shy away, move away from the pain, but it's harder to move away from the pleasure. Yeah. Because something which is happy, you, you like to enjoy it, but if something is pain, you want to move away. Correct. When you can face the pain, you conquered it. Yes. When you can face and experience the pain, then... You know, you don't need to have the pleasure to feel content. And that mountaineering, and that is the one which taught, because mountaineering is not uh, really, uh, it's not like it's a pleasure. It's not like going to the dance club and dance, right? <laughs> or, you know, people lose their uh, limbs. You know, it's like yeah. a hard work. It's a pain. Yeah. So, so when you, uh, you know, like experience the pain, and and you can conquer the pain. That that's how you find the joy and peace. Then that means you know that not whatever is outside is happening is um, actually lila. I and I read Gita. I read book and um, in from that philosophy that uh, there's a small stories that when I was growing up that uh, that so um, I'm Vaishnav. I was born in Hare Krishna uh, family. And in there, it's like the lady was chanting, you know, like uh, uh, if you know about the village, so they have a hut. So they crossed the, uh, you know, they went to hut and then the pouring rain and it's like a big creek. So you have to cross the creek to go to the other side. And then when you have rain, then river also overflows and there's no boat to cross. So that lady said the lady has to go to their village and she was like, she was uh, completely trusting on Lord and chanting Krishna and say that, you know, I have to cross, you know, you, you help me to cross the river. So she just crossed the river, the you know, and she didn't get wet. And then other lady, she was sitting, so, oh, she crossed the river. So I'm going to also cross the river, like just chanting Hare Krishna. So she chanted Hare Krishna, she's trying to, but then she kept on lifting her clothes up. And more she's lifting, you know, up to knee, then the water was up to knee. Then she moved up to the waist, then water was up to waist. Then she moved up to the neck and water was up to neck. And then she drowned. And then she told, so God, you know, I was saying your name, but then why did you drown me? And you didn't drown that other lady. Then God said that other lady did not lift. She didn't try to save herself. She completely trusted me that I'm going to help her to cross the river. But right. for you, you didn't completely trust me. You're still trying to leap. That is okay. I don't want my clothes to get wet, you know, and you keep on lifting. So that's it. So I have that kind of trust that, you know, uh, that I have complete trust. When I got lost, I'm going back to again. I said, I, I, I had dialogue, you know, I was busy talking to God, actually. I said that, so my friend said that, Jolly, I know that you are not afraid because you're, talk, you're talking and fighting with God. I told God, so God, you know, I have been 
hiking for so many years, you know, like since um, actively I'm doing since 2016, but I'm doing from 2010. I, I never ever make this kind of mistake. I never made this mistake. I said, God, you made me make two mistakes. One, uh, I did not download the map. I was not prepared. And the second, I followed. And then third, you know, um, uh, that I took the, you know, I didn't trace back to the same trail. I tried to follow something else. So I said, you made me do this mistake, but now you be, made, be the, my guide and do not allow me to make any mistake. I'll just follow you and do not allow me to make any mistake. I need to be saved for my daughter because I am anchored to her and we have a lot, you know, so if I, something happens to me, she'll be devastated. And um, so you have to help me. That's it. I completely told him that you do not allow me to do any mistake. And that's what, you know, even the rescue team, they said that I helped him to find me there because I did. And I said that it's not me. It's actually he had done (laughs) (laughs) because I told him that, you know, you better take care of me and allow me to make any mistake. And so those stories uh, that I had learned and then I and I used that on me that you know, I have complete faith and trust that, you know, when I completely surrendered to him that I am here. I am at your mercy and I think he carried me and he kept me in his lap and kept me warm. Otherwise, I, you know, I don't know. I was completely warm. I have no nothing, no injury. First thing they asked me that, do you need any medical inju- uh, medical needs? And they said it never happened that <laughs> somebody is that below freezing yeah. and no food, no water, and doesn't need any medical needs. Mm-hmm. That's a miracle. No, I mean, that's that's a testament to the power of, of your faith. I mean, where, um, where did this faith come from growing up in your childhood? Was it always present through your yoga practice? I mean, you know, it takes quite a person to have this much faith, right? Not, I mean, a lot of us talk about how we have faith in God, but then we're worrying about this, we're worrying about that, right? So where did all of this come from within you? So my dad is a saintly person in my heart um, because um, I, I have strong faith. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm very naive maybe because I told you that I, I remember that stories that I shared, that stories stuck in my head all the time. And uh, so, and the second of all, um, I believe in uh, karma and my, I believe that my uh, dad had done a lot of good karmas and uh, the children um, get benefit of parents' good karmas and bad karmas. If you look, uh, read the Rama, um, Ramayan, that Ram went to exile because of his dad did something, right? That 14 years. So, you know, that because his father, uh, so same thing, uh, I have believed that my dad helps so many people and God helps those who helps others. So I always help, you know, I I do the, I taught free yoga to seniors, you know, even my uh, job that I'm doing, that doesn't pay. So, yeah. And also I came from, coming back to the childhood, I never thought for myself. So I grew up in Bangladesh. Again, it's too much stories in there. And we are five sisters and two brothers. And I'm Hindu minority. And back then in Bangladesh, you know, Hindu wedding, they need dowry. 
And since my daughter, my father has five girls and the two brothers are up, you know, youngest. And so people will say, why are you send the kids to school? Because you have to save money and pay for the dowry. And, um, and then my uncle, one is a nuclear physicist and doctor engineer. My aunt, they all got married by the time they're in seventh or eighth grade. And my uncle used to mock my aunt saying that, oh, you didn't go to even college, so you should not sit on the chair. You should sit on the floor. Same thing to my mom. And I was, I think, five years old. It bothered me. I said that, you know, they didn't even go to school. And you were mocking them because you went to school. If they went to school, they could have been like you too, but you didn't give them opportunity. So by then, because the family circumstances in my mind, I said, uh, you know, I wanted to prove to my family that what what a boy, a son can do, what the daughter can do. So I was determined. So I uh, that I'll do well, and I'll come to America, and then. Because my uncle studied in America, so I wanted to, he did his master's, I declared. And now it is like saying that, you know, you think that things that an idea, uh, like I'm using the powerful word declared, but that time as a child, I didn't know, I said, I declared, you know, my uncle did uh, uh, master's, I'm going to go and do my bachelor. And I have no idea what is America is. I just, you know, in my mind, I said, I'm going to go to America. And, and so I said it, I dropped it and God just, arranged everything for me. So my fifth grade, eighth grade, 10th grade, I got scholarship. And my when I went with my ex-husband to Bangladesh, I didn't even remember my school teacher said that. And my dad said in my fifth grade, the scholarship is two days, like, um, um, like you take four subjects. I just did one subject. And my dad came and dad, my dad asked me, how was your test? I still have three Subject to do. I said that if anybody gets scholarship, anybody's name is selected, my name will be there. <laughs> I didn't even take three subjects. And my, my dad went to my teacher and that teacher is, you know, Hindu. She was never mad. She really loved me a lot. So it's very few Hindus. So they know each other kind of thing. I said, this girl has no idea. This is not school exam. This is a board exam. You know, like all the scholars are, you know, the first Three from all the schools are taking the admission at uh, taking the scholarship exam. And from there, they're going to choose hundred of them, you know, so it's thousands of taking and it's a hundred, right? And teacher said, I just took, uh, you know, I just doing the puja. I'm going to uh, puja, uh, do the puja and then I'm going to pray. And my ex said, why you didn't tell me? You know, I said, I didn't even know that I said it. <laughs> and it is true. I was, I got scholarship. And my name was first, not because I'm the number one, but because my last name was Bose. So what I'm saying that, you know, like now that, you know, I'm reading the books, you know, like even if you read this, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, like um, uh, positive speaking, they say that you declare that what will be your score. You declare how you will be doing it. And I didn't read the book, but I just did it, you know. So if I'm going back, so that faith is coming, I don't know from where, but it is coming from my, because my both mom and dad, dad, they're good people and they always did good for others. They didn't do any harm to others. And I feel that since they didn't do so, their children will be protected and somebody else will do for them. And same way, I, you know, when I lost, uh, you know, when I was going through custody, I started doing help one child, foster care. So I, I would be helping in foster care, hoping that, you know, I'm loving these 10 kids, somebody kind soul is going to love my daughter.
even though I'm not with her. So that's how it. Uh, that's how selfishly I love others. Others <laughs> see somebody else who love me or my family. <laughs> so if you think about that, is selfish as in that. <laughs> but you, you're still, you're still helping children. You said that now you're no longer, uh, you're no longer um, a biochemist, but you're currently a substitute teacher. In and you're working with kind of an underserved community. Uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about what you're doing there? So right now I am, you know, still like I just started. So right now I'm trying to work on that, you know, like it's not only physical fitness, you need mental fitness and uh, and a lot of uh, things get passed on, you know, like is like, you know, we learn from the culture and media. So I have been observing our kids, like, you know, uh, like Afro-American, they want to be part of Afro-American by being cool, you know, having the pants below their hip, you know, like, you know, that things they have been seeing it, but they don't need to be, you know, I tell, you know, our parents uh, who are, you know, like custodian and they are like um, um, working at a, um, uh, you know, Auto mechanic, and I, I want to them. You know, parents, uh, uh, you know, life should not, you know, wouldn't be your life. Like I tell my daughter, if you t- look at, uh, you know, the our Indian Prime Minister Modi, he thought big, he dreamed big. The his family background and now where he is is you think about it. But if he, ha- he was thinking about like, oh my, you know, I'll be always the bus boy. Then he would have stayed bus boy. He never thought like that he would be bus boy. So that's the thing. You can think big and become big. It's all mindset. So you don't need to be trying to fit in because all Afro-Americans are this way or people are saying something and you want to go by that profile. So it's like, you know, in here, you know, I know Black Lives Matters, but when we keep talking about, and I do not, so I was talking to them. I said that, yes, I know the. Black Lives Matters, but we should not see, you know, like I lived in New York and in there, uh, my I didn't even lock my car and I hear people getting shot, you know, because they try to close the windows because they think that, okay, this black guy is passing by, he's going to do something. And those things, they kind of get attacked. But, you know, if the black guy is going by, I do not try to roll up the windows. So they are a human being. I'm not racial profiling that they're going to come and attack me and nothing happens to me. So it's like a respect and thing. So same thing, I feel that in our community that I'm teaching, parents are not having high expectation from their children. You know, they're saying, okay, this is my life, my child, if, you know, so, and I, my job is to, uh, you know, empower them, you know, like, having the mental fitness and think, you know, um, and, and I think that that is another thing that what I had gone through that wilderness. Now I can share that also with them that, you know, the, how mind is so powerful, you know? Uh, so that is my goal. So I'm working on with them to how to incorporate. We have P class and I said, I don't need whole one hour. I just need 10 minutes. For each class, I'll be there for 10 minutes and they'll do the 10 minute exercise, you know, 10 minutes with me. It's a kindergarten. So they say, how young you want to start? I said, from kindergarten, you know, the children, when they're born, they, we are the one who created fear in them. 
because we are afraid, right? We created fear. We created, we separated them that this is, I am your mom. They didn't know who is mom, who is dad. We taught them, hey, this is Auntie Shita. This is Auntie Jolly. This is mom, right? We separated ourselves from the source and the, from each other. We created that, uh, you know, small division. Then again, come back to, if you know, the Jiddu Krishnamurti, uh, the philosopher, he said, you know, that uh, violence when you separate yourself as a female or male, Hindu or by religion, by gender, by race, by country, you are committing violence. So powerful. And you think we, we, are, we are creating violence in our kids the moment they're born because we are kind of teaching them. So it's a, it's a big, uh, actually, it's a big thing, but... Um, for me, that is my main thing that as a scientist, uh, nothing came out of pipeline. I worked for 14 years and all the project I did, it all got canceled <laughs> because the side effect on animals, you know, like the dose, you know, liver damage. So in my life, I felt the biggest achievement on my daughter, the 10 months of pregnancy and the beautiful girl is born and she is beautiful. It's a blessing and that's the best gift I have gotten. And now that um, for since 2010, I'm teaching yoga and I see in a, in a positive effect on people, you know, and you can see that your work, you know, Betty manifested. And so I can see the result faster than being I was a, when I was a scientist, nothing came out, right? So that is also kind of soul gratifying for me that I can make the difference uh, in and who, I can see the difference. So that is, and the children are the, our future, right? They are the one will be our future. If we can seed, you know, if we give the seed right kind of oil, uh, right kind of water and food, it will nourish into beautiful uh, tree and it will give the beautiful uh, fruits. So um, because of that, um, I want to work with children so they can become powerful beings because we are all powerful, you know. And you think about, at, uh, you know, the among species and we're human species as the greatest species. Right. 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 And we need to keep reminding ourselves that even among all the animals, all the, you know, uh, mammals and all the, you know, so we are the greatest species. We should be able to do the greatest thing, you know, so that just that powerful, that words and the remind, that's just little reminder make you powerful. Right. Absolutely. So that's what I want to do that, you know, the. For our community, community, I want to have them paradigm shift. You know, they need to think outside the box, separate themselves from their parents' future or the, their forefathers that, you know, 500 years ago, what happened in America, how they have been treated. They need to break free from that. Right. It's okay. This is the moment. This is me. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to drag my past with me. Yeah. In, that's what is my interest. Oh, that's wonderful. Hopefully I'll be successful. That is, I'm, I'm putting my heart and soul to it. And um, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your story with us. <laughs> it's so heartwarming. And I'm so glad that you're safe and sound and that you've returned back to your work and, you know, making the world a better place one student at a time. 
Yes. <laughs> of course, we have to, uh, first we have to better ourselves, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's a lifelong process. I, exactly. <laughs> This is the right thing you had said, you know, I said that, you know, I said that, yes, I have down moment too, but it is, it's, it's a lifelong process. We are always work in progress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know I went all over. I had, you know, like, you know, like, I, like uh, I had brought a lot of other information in it, but. No, this was fantastic. I, I loved speaking with you and I think our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing what you have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of That's So Hindu. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's how you can help the show get discovered by more listeners. If you want to help ensure that more of these get made, you can make a donation to HAF at www.hinduamerican.org slash donate. Thanks again for listening.